my friends welcome back to another episode of encouraged i think you're really going to enjoy this episode the message is focused on making room for god to move in our lives and i'll provide examples of how doing this will enhance your life examples from the bible and practical advice on how to make room for jesus in your life enjoy In his book, Celebration of Discipline, Richard J. Foster wrote, What happens in meditation is that we create the emotional and spiritual space which allows Christ to construct an inner sanctuary in the heart. I'm currently learning about meditation, which essentially just means that you make space in your life for God to move, for him to speak to you. And I love this quote from Richard Foster because what he's saying is that when you take the time to meditate and to be still, you create this emotional and spiritual space within you that allows God to construct an inner sanctuary of your heart. And I think that it's so crucial for us to create that sanctuary in our own hearts so that we don't feel like we have to go to church in order to feel holy or in order to hear from God. Like if we take the time to allow God to move in our heart, then he gives us the ability to feel like a a walking sanctuary where we can always utilize his strength and we can always see his kindness and we don't need to wait till Sunday to do that and we don't have to rely on a pastor to pray for us or for another person to lead us into a time of worship we can always do that because we've experienced it individually on our own time with God I don't believe that America's number one problem with making this space for God to work in their lives is the desire. I think most people want to hear from God. I think the main problem is most people don't know how. And I definitely do not have all of the answers, but I do have a close relationship with Jesus. And I would say that he is my best friend. And so I have a few pointers of things that maybe you can do to incorporate space or time for you to make space for him in your life. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. So there's the song that I really love. It's called Make Room by Jonathan McReynolds. I actually haven't listened to it since I was in college, but as I was writing this episode, um, I remembered it and I went back and looked at the lyrics. And I just want to share them with you really quick before we get started, because it kind of prefaces what it means to make room for God in our lives. So it says, I find space for what I treasure and I make time for what I want. I choose my priorities and Jesus, you're my number one. So I'll make room for you, and I will prepare for two, so you don't feel like you can't live here. Please live in me. It's really easy to put God first in your bio on Instagram or to tell other people like, oh yeah, I title myself as a Christian. Like It's really easy to say with your mouth that God is your number one, but it can be extremely difficult to actually act like that, like to actually make space for him in our lives. And I believe that it's not a overnight like wow today yesterday I never thought about God and today like he's my every single thought he's involved in every decision that I make Um, that's not usually the case it may be your story and that's amazing if it is but for the most part most people experience that kind of transformation where they go from not really considering God and not really thinking about him to like man this is he's actually my everything like I actually cannot imagine what it would be like if Jesus wasn't in my life and if I didn't know the Lord Um, But that transition usually happens with little steps. And so today, I'm just going to talk to you about some different exchanges that can be made when you're making room for God. So things that you can kind of focus on as you make space for God in your life, um, as you spend time with Him, things that you can ask for Him to be exchanging so that over time, you experience a transformation where you look more like Him. So the first one, the first exchange is that God can take your anxiety and He can turn it into peace. 
Um, also, another little preface, each one of these I have personally experienced. Like these transformations and exchanges God has done for me and it's only him who has done it. So I speak from experience when I say that it is truly possible for God to take one thing and turn it into a completely other thing. So yes, the first thing is anxiety to peace. And the first passage of scripture that comes to my mind when I think about this is Matthew 6, 31 through 34, which is from a part of the Bible where Jesus is giving his Sermon on the Mount speech or sermon, which is where he's just talking about like a bunch of different practical things and areas where we can receive his guidance from. So 631 set, starts by saying, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and our heavenly father, he knows what you need and he knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. So what this passage is saying, like Jesus is saying, don't worry about like, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? How am I going to get a job? Like any anxieties that you may have, he's saying the way to practically exchange these anxieties is to seek God first. And when you seek God, then you're not looking at all the troubles and all the things around you that are causing you anxiety. You're just looking to the, the one who will deliver, the one who will provide in all the ways that you need. And the next passage on this topic is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has given us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will, will uphold you with my righteous hand. And Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. So the main theme throughout all of these scriptures is to simply rely on God. And this totally goes against our human instinct, because I don't know about you, but whenever I have a problem, I instantly want to figure it out. I want to get on Google and figure out how I can find my next job. I want to figure out how to heal thyroid cancer like I want to do everything that I can in my power to fix my situation but God says hey you don't have to do any of that like just look to me just pursue me and I will figure all of this out for you and so I just challenge you today if there's something that you're anxious about instead of like constantly reiterating those words of anxiety and those thoughts and like looking to all the things that you can possibly do to fix those problems that are making you anxious like seek God first and trust and believe that when you seek him he will deliver you from your fears and he will replace your anxiety with hope and with peace he is the only one that is capable of doing that anything else that we do in our own strength is only going to be temporary but jesus is the only one who can actually truly transform our anxiety into peace and the next one is exhaustion into rest god can take your exhaustion and he can completely transform it into being completely rested and this isn't just like practically feeling like physically exhausted and God being able to replenish that like he totally is I have experienced that before where I am totally exhausted from studying all night for a test and I just ask God I'm like please can you just give me like a little bit of energy so that I can get through this day and he has done that for sure but more so than just physical rest being replenished 
He can also emotionally restore your soul in the ways that your emotions are just like so exhausted and so fatigued. He can restore you mentally. Like he can restore rest to you in so many ways. Like whatever way you're exhausted, God can completely restore complete rest to you. So the first passage of scripture is Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. This is Jesus speaking. He's all, again, with the same theme, from the first idea of God giving you anxiety or giving you peace from anxiety, he's not asking anything else from you except for you to come to him, to make room for him in your life. And then Matthew eleven twenty nine says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I think sometimes Christians have done a bad job of explaining, or I guess, expressing who Jesus is from their own lives because maybe they're judgy, they're mean, they make you feel little. But what Jesus is saying about his own character here, he says, I am gentle and humble. When we approach Jesus, his heart isn't like, oh, you did this, you did that, I'm mad at you. He's like, hey, I died on the cross because of what you did and I freaking love you. Like his heart is so gentle and so humble towards us. And so he promises to restore rest to our souls no matter what we've done. Even if the reason why we're exhausted is because of our own sin, that doesn't make him say, oh, well, you got yourself here, so I'm not going to get you out. His response is always to swoop us up, to pick us up, and to replenish us of the rest that we need. And the next verse is Isaiah 40:31. It says, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that promise because this isn't saying that when you like wait on the Lord or you trust in the Lord, then you won't have any responsibilities. Like you still have those responsibilities and you still have to go out every day and work really hard. But it says that you'll mount up on wings like eagles. You'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and still not faint. So as you're continuing in the same activities, the same work, the same relationships that you have been before that used to make you weak, now you're not weak anymore because God has strengthened you. And Jeremiah 31, 25 says, For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. I love those promises. And when I read those, I declare those over myself. And I trust that God is going to be able to take care of every need that I have. So if you're feeling exhausted today, just wore out, whether it's mentally, emotionally, or physically, know that God can meet you right where you are. And he's willing to, if you just take the time to look to him and ask him to meet you halfway. And what I love about Jesus is he doesn't just meet us halfway. Like every single day, I probably take one step towards God. And I know that he's taking way more than one step towards me. So he's gracious to meet us in our weakness. And if you like hate reading and you don't enjoy reading the Bible, like even if you just meditate on like one verse a day or just like listen to the Bible on the Bible app, or have an accountability partner, like somebody else that you can read with you. Like whatever you do to attempt to learn more about God, he's going to honor that. And he's going to see, like you, you don't have to perform and do all these crazy things for him to notice that you're taking a step towards him. Like if you just simply say, Jesus, I choose you first and I want for my actions to match up with that today, please help me. Like teach me how to put you first and to make room for you in my life. He's faithful and he's going to help you out. He's a kind judge and he's, he's going he's gonna to be gracious with you. So the next thing is that God can take your sickness and he can turn it into healing. 
And this can be mentally, emotionally, or physically. And in this area or this category, I'm like extremely passionate about because I have just recently experienced God taking complete and total sickness and turning it into complete and total healing in every one of these ways, mentally, emotionally, and physically. I'll share a little bit more of that here in a minute, but we're going to read Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to start reading in 24, but before that, I just want to give you a little explanation of what's happening right here. So Jesus is on his way to heal this man named Jairus. He's one of the rulers of the temple, and it's his daughter who is very sick. And so Jesus is walking um, to go over to this man's house to heal his daughter. And on the way there, something amazing happens. And it starts in 24. It says, And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. So she's had a condition for 12 years of bleeding. And who had suffered under many physicians and had spent all that she had. And she was no no better, but rather she grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garment, I will be made well. So she believed this with everything in her. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she and her and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, "Who touched my garments?" And his disciples said to him, "You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say who touched me?" And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth and said to her, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace and be healed of your disease. Man, I love that passage so much. And there are so many things to learn from it. But the few things that stick out to me is that, first of all, this woman believed what she had heard. Like she knew that this man named Jesus, who had opened the eyes of the blind, healed those who were deaf made it so that people who had never walked a day in their life were able to stand up and dance and jump. Like she had heard these stories and she went to him with complete and full faith that she was going to be healed. And there was not a doubt in her mind that God was capable, Jesus was capable of doing that. And she knew that all she needed to do was even to touch him and that he would do it. And the second thing that we see is that Jesus honors when we have that kind of faith. When we come to him and we're like, I know you're going to heal me. I know you're capable of it. I've seen what you've done in the Bible. I've seen what you've done to the people in my church or my friend who was healed from this or that. And I know that you can heal me. And when we come to him with that kind of confidence, he absolutely will heal us. It may be in a different way or in a different timing than what we expect, but he is faithful to heal his children. He actually really wants to. He wants to see us be made well and he wants to get the glory for it because he's the only person who can truly heal you. So I have a really cool testimony of how Jesus has touched me and healed me in ways that I'm telling you guys only Jesus could. It's only Jesus. So a little over a year ago, I got back from Kenya and I've shared a little bit about this on the podcast before, but I was just extremely depressed. And now when I look back on it, I can see that um, I had cancer in my thyroid. So that causes your hormones to be all over the place. And it just messed with my emotions and with my mental health. And I was just not well at all. I was in this very bad place. Um, So I was sick mentally and started having some physical sickness. I had hip surgery. And all this time, I have cancer in my thyroid and I didn't even know it. But then I found out about the cancer and I went to the doctors and they said, you know, we're going to have to wait a few months before performing surgery. And at first, my flesh was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 
still mentally and emotionally all over the place, like not being able to control my emotions and my thoughts until the surgery. But then whenever I first thought that, Jesus was like, why do you have to wait? Why do you think you have to wait for the doctor to heal you? And so I started just believing with full faith that God was going to heal me of my hormonal imbalances. And I also believed that the cancer would not spread anywhere. Um, my surgery was actually pushed back uh, over a month later than what it was supposed to be. And initially, I was so heartbroken and I was frustrated and I thought, man, this cancer can spread. I only, at that point, there was only cancer in the left side of my thyroid. And I thought if they push back the surgery, it could spread over to the right side or it could spread to my lymph nodes and it could just change the surgery that I have. It could change the rest of my life because then I would have to have all my thyroid taken out. But then I just started believing. I was like, no, the, the cancer has no authority over the rest of my body. Like Jesus, you can heal. You can stabilize my hormones right now. And guys, I'm telling you, I had been unwell for like eight months, like just very sick mentally and emotionally and even physically super fatigued because your thyroid is where all of your hormones are and that controls not only your emotions, but also like just how you feel physically. And so I just was not well for a long time, but Jesus completely healed me like 100% of all of the hormonal imbalances before I even had my surgery. And then the doctors went in and cancer was not anywhere else except for this itty bitty tiny little spot in my thyroid, like tiny, only on the left side. I still have the other half of my thyroid. So after my surgery, we had to wait a few weeks for the pathology reports to come back because while they were in my neck for the surgery, they were testing other lymph nodes to see if the cancer had spread. So a few weeks later, I go to see my doctor and they say that it had not spread anywhere else and it was contained just to this one spot. And then I went and got blood work and they were expecting that my thyroid levels would be all over the place because after you have surgery where they take out half of your thyroid, the other half is like all whacked up and your levels are supposed to be all over the place. And a lot of people end up having to be on medicine. Like most people who have thyroid surgery then have to be on medicine to maintain their hormones. And I just knew I wasn't going to need to. Like I woke up from that surgery and I was like, I'm, I'm well, I'm good. I'm healed completely. And Jesus has heard our prayers. And we went to go get blood work and the blood work came back that my levels for my thyroid are completely healthy. Like as if I have a whole healthy thyroid that has not been messed with with surgery. So I just wanted to share that story to say that like God has personally healed me. He has touched me and cleansed me and he did it before my surgery happened. And I know you might think like, oh, that's just, she's probably, it's like in her head that her emotions were all better before her surgery. But no, like I was living in this really unhealthy state of sickness for months. And then one day I was just touched by God and completely made new. I did not have the same problems at all that I used to have. And I just want to share that to say that before I, sickness even came to my body, I had established a relationship with Jesus. I made room for him in my life and I chose him. So then when the sickness came, when the difficulties came, I was already, Jesus had authority over my body. There was space in there for him to do whatever he wanted to do. So then when it came, I was just like, okay, Jesus, you're already working in me. Can you continue to do that? And can you heal me? And he's done it over and over and over again. God has healed me from so many different physical, mental, emotional things. And I just want to declare that hope over you today if maybe you're experiencing some sort of sickness which honestly I believe we all are whether it's physical mental or emotional like we all have something that we need healing from whether it's like a, a past trauma or physical um, injury that you went through like have hope that God can heal you and he will 
and also ask him to teach you the lessons that he wants for you to learn and and get from this season of suffering or of sickness or of exhaustion or of anxiety like whatever you're walking out of ask God to teach you about his love for you and I promise you that he will he'll never waste your time I've never made space for Jesus and then after like 30 minutes of being with him being like man there's something else I could have been doing better with my time I think that when we all get to heaven we're going to look back on our lives and we're not going to regret we're not going to think like oh gosh I wish I would have made more money I wish I would have spent more time watching Netflix or TikTok videos or on social media, I think the one thing we're going to regret is not spending more time with God. You don't have to wait till heaven to have a relationship with him. You don't have to wait till heaven to have peace, to have rest, and to be healed. He can heal you. He can give you rest, and he can give you peace all right now. All he asks for you is to come to him and to give him your time and your attention. And he promises you that it will be worth it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. Please share this with your friends. Give me a review on Spotify or Apple Music. And I hope you have a blessed day.